The Truth News Network. Things to trust more than politicians. Cable company internet speeds. Stereo equipment out of a white van. Gas station sushi. Drinking water from Lake Erie. A weather forecast from Al Gore. Things you can trust. Well, let's start with someone immersed in the truth. This is TNN, the Truth News Network. And to separate noise from reality, here's Dan Newman. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a brand new month. And thank you so much for joining us here at Truth News Network, TNN Live, to get your month started off the right way. And boy, are we going to do just that today. We have so many things to talk about. There's so much that's been happening. I got to be honest with you, news people aren't really crazy about the weekends now because they got to work. Yeah, there's still things, very important things that happen over the weekend instead of those people, news people, media, I don't know what to call them, media, sycophants, whatever you want to call them. Um, They have to cover the news. I wonder what all of those White House correspondents are feeling like having to make that trek to Italy, now to Scotland, following President Biden around and watching how other foreign leaders treat the president of the free world, Joe Biden, president of the United States. Well, as much chaos as there is when he is here in the United States, you can only imagine what's going on overseas. They're laughing at him, many of them not even behind his backs. They are incredulous that the United States people would choose this guy to run an administration when he can't hardly figure out where to be and what to say at any specific time. He relies on others to tell him exactly what to do, where to go, when to get there, and what to say when they get there and put a microphone in front of him. We're the laughing stock of the world. We've played numerous examples of how foreign media are treating our president, talking about our president, and wondering about what's going on in the United States of America. And then, of course, there's COVID-19. And just when we think we've got it licked, because after all, we've done exactly what the COVID god of America, Dr. Anthony Fauci, has told us to do when he's told us to do it. I mean, lockdown. What was it, two weeks? We locked down for two weeks and we'll have this thing licked. Here we are 18 months later. And we're still contemplating locking down to try to fix things. Oh, we've got these vaccines that are on the way. And as soon as they get here, you can get your vaccine as quickly as possible. It's going to save you. And then we find out the vaccines not only don't save you, there are horrible, horrendous uh, adverse effects that millions of people are happening around the world. The media don't report on it. And as little at the low number of deaths that have happened that have been reported to the CDC and they've spread the news to us about totals almost 20,000 just from the vaccinations. And then of course, now we hear, Oh, we've got these horrible variants that are floating around out there. And the only way to protect yourself against getting the variant versions of COVID-19 
is to get a vaccine booster. And then they leak it out. We may be doing these boosters as required to keep COVID-19 down in infection volume. We may have to do them every year. It's crazy, folks. It's absolutely insane. So what could be going on? Well, I thought it's so important that um, we grabbed we grabbed a little bit of a soundbite, just a few minutes, and we're going to play it for you right now. I want you to hear this group of doctors that include epidemiologists, uh, virologists, emergency room doctors, several of which you've heard here on TNN Live, like Dr. McCulloch, who you heard here not long ago, Dr. Fleming, who's been here several times, guys that are some of the best in their field. Not because I'm saying it, but because they've been world-recognized by just about anybody who's anybody in healthcare and in medicine. Listen to the explanations that you're hearing from some of these folks about what is going on. It's a bit spooky, folks. Who have planned this? It's all planned. Now, why they planned this, I don't know. And... I don't even think I want to know. This system is being put in place using lies, and it's being put in place using lies for some purpose, and I believe that purpose is complete totalitarian control. And I think the purpose of that is going to be mass depopulation. One of our problems here is the assumption that this is like every other vaccine we've ever seen. And it's not. It's the greatest experiment that has ever been performed in the history of medicine. And it's being performed on human beings. It's just an incredible thought. So all of this started to come together and we started to get kind of a sick feeling in our stomachs that, wait a minute, this is science gone bad here. None of this is supposed to be happening. The CDC has never otherwise explained these deaths and they are so tightly related to the vaccine. 50% of healthcare providers are absolutely not getting this injection. We don't trust the data. The Fox guarded the hen house. The companies did their own data. There were no independent observer groups. You should disregard all announcements about case rates in your community because they're completely fraudulent. The very inventor of the PCR test, Nobel Prize winner, Kerry Mullen, said this test in itself is not a diagnosis. And with PCR, if you do it well, you can find almost anything in anybody. But they said we're being pressured in-house to add COVID to the diagnostic list when we think it has nothing to do with the actual cause of death. As a physician, I received an email last week from the Department of Health coaching me on how to fill out death certificates. It's another level now. Uh, of criminality. There's a lot of other doctors who's, who Where feel the same they? way. Well, they're too frightened to speak up. And as soon as that happens, a notification, and you're in, in front of the medical board. Dr. Robert Malone is a vaccine expert. He is the inventor of mRNA technology. He's undergone systematic attack. His history is literally being erased online. These fact-checking groups, for example, factcheck.org, they're funded by an organization that holds over $1.8 billion of stock in a vaccine company. Once I was censored, I feel like I've kind of gone into this other world and now I'm surrounded by people that it's, it's kind of normal to have their work talked about in a strange way. Sent me there to cover 
the COVID treatments at that hospital. I just wasn't supposed to ask that question. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative. They are trying to push a narrative that is not based on the decades of immunology. No one's in the hospital. How is that possible in a medical pandemic? That's fake news, that's why. <laughs> People have turned to Facebook to share their stories and experiences, with one group reaching almost 65,000 members. It was removed overnight for no apparent reason. The, the victims of this vaccine, they're not being able to tell their story. Well, the censoring has been going on for well over a year. It's well documented. It's unequivocal. TikTok is taking down all of my sounds so that you guys can't hear my story. The great... Barrington Declaration, authored and signed by three of the world's leading experts in epidemiology, infectious diseases, and vaccines. We've got to the point where scientists such as yourselves need to kind of gather for uh, secret meetings in, uh, in houses to come out with declarations of dissent. Are you of the same opinion? I don't think I can answer that question. Why not? Anyone who speaks out against this line of policy is, is shut down. I basically have to be in line with the government line. Do you want your physicians and scientists, their voices suppressed? We're polarized right now. We're polarized. And, and threaten investigation and discipline for any physicians who express any of the negative aspects of any of these interventions, no matter what the evidence is. The disgrace! You're not the first doctor I've heard from. Maybe got unusual visits from the state or, you know, basically got a lot of pushback. You have to realize the number of doctors and scientists who are saying no to all this outnumbers those who say yes. And if this is the mountain, if this is the hill where I get nailed on, I will get nailed on it. I don't care. You can report me to the bot, you can kill me, you can do whatever, but I'm not going to let Americans die. 75 years ago, Herman Gehring testified at the Nuremberg trial and he was asked how did you make the German people go along with all this and he said it's an easy thing the only thing a government needs to make people into slaves is fear you can do this in a Nazi regime you can do it in a socialist regime you can do it in a communist regime you can do it in a monarchy and a democracy. We, the Germans, are asking this question how it happens in the 1930s. And a lot of people are now getting a sense how it happened. We're held hostage to more and more mutations that can be used to manipulate us over and over again and take away our freedoms. We've used these tactics in other countries to manipulate the world and conquer. Now we're watching our own government, our own military use them against us. Men of our unit and our service believe that we're putting our weapons in the wrong direction. This time now the tyranny is against us and our people and we can't see it because it's on our home soil where it's never been before. We need to start looking at ourselves as officers and thinking, is what I'm doing right? You don't get to just say, I'm following orders. And if that costs you your job, so be it. At least you'll be able to look at yourself in the mirror at night. They start enforcing the communist state through the vaccine passport. Please, Australia, do not move to any goalpost. The second you do, they start to build the fascist state. In Australia, people have had it too good for too long. And they see these communist countries and they think, there's no way that could happen here. We are the most locked down country in the world. It's over 50,000 people in 
massive protest. You know, the media said it was only three and a half thousand people. What we saw today were three and a half thousand very selfish buffets. The mainstream media is never, ever, ever going to be on our side because they are owned and controlled by the very people we are fighting against. Stand the fuck up. Don't be the reason why our future generations look back and think, where the heck were they? This is the time. There is not going to be another time unless we shake this down. So where are we, folks? Where are we in the middle of this pandemic? Because it's certainly, and we've played for you audio bites of a group of the biggest, greatest virologist, epidemiologist on the planet back in October of 2019, laid out the plan. How can we force people to take a vaccination? And they laid it all out. Here's what you got to do. You got to make the people believe this. You got to scare them to death. It was Dr. Fauci leading that group. And it was exactly what played out on the streets of the United States beginning several months after that meeting. It was first reported on NPR. We played it here for you last week and made the audio available for you to download if you wanted it. We, uh, we've we got it here if you want to get that, and you can actually hear for yourself exactly what those doctors said, and it happened to turn out exactly, <laughs> in actuality, exactly what they said could and would happen if they took control of the nation. This is absolutely crazy, folks, and we're at a point now where we can no longer afford to just blow through it, forget about it. Attorneys, medical doctors, and family members of some COVID-19 victims have started talking about and offered recordings of what the Truth For Health Foundation calls horrific hospital violations of human rights that include the denial of IV fluids to some patients, denial of access to patients by families, attorneys, and others, and their imposition of remdesivir, that drug, that miracle drug that Anthony Tauchi touted for so long. Well, remdesivir, it just so happens in many patients, it causes kidney failure and liver damage, and doctors are still foisting remdesivir as part of a hospital protocol. There are some hospitals, if you're diagnosed COVID-19 in their emergency room or by your doctor and you are sent there, one of the things you're going to get is remdesivir. Prisoners in America's jails have more rights right now than COVID patients in Americans' hospital. It's unheard of. That's from Dr. Elizabeth Lee Vliet, President and Chief Executive of the Foundation, the Foundation, the Truth for Health Foundation. She said that two days ago in a press conference. According to the Foundation's website, the mission of the physician-founded Charity Foundation is to provide truthful, balanced, medically sound, research-based information and cutting-edge updates on prevention and treatment of common medical conditions that include COVID-19 and other infectious diseases that affect our health, our quality of life, and how long we're going to live. I'm doing my job has never been a defense to crimes against humanity. (laughs) 
That was said by Ali Schultz, the legal director for America's Frontline Doctors, whose mother-in-law died of COVID and whose father-in-law allegedly suffered severe harm as a COVID patient at the Mayo Clinic in Arizona. She said that despite her medical power of attorney, she was stopped from learning basic information about the status of her father-in-law while he was in the hospital. She said, I tried everything. I wrote every letter possible. I sent every email possible to advocate for him. I was literally carried out in handcuffs. Handcuffs. I was assaulted under the color of law. I was deprived access to their health records. I was deprived access to them, and I was lied to. But that's absolutely nothing compared to what happened to Chuck. That's her father-in-law. Schultz said that the Mayo Clinic kept him from any hydration or nourishment over six days except for one bag of dextrose 5% water, and it was issued to him intravenously. She also stated the clinic secretly experimented on him with the repurposed rheumatoid arthritis drug baristinib. They also secluded him for over three weeks more than the Arizona Department of Public Health or the CDC recommended. Schultz played a recording of somebody who identified himself as a hospital administrator. This recording and others by Schultz were legal as Arizona is a one-party consent state for recordings. The administrator in that recording states that the choice to deprive Chuck of food and water was the standard of care in metropolitan Phoenix due to concerns about the aspiration of objects into his lungs. Yes, of course we don't want him to aspirate, but maybe he could get some IV hydration, something at all, or I don't know, just an assessment? Schultz asked this administrator in the recording. In another recording, an unidentified hospital employee stated, As far as visitation in our hospital, we're not going to allow you to visit him in our hospital as long as he's here. A third recording referred to meetings in which hospital executives concluded patients who tested positive for COVID-19 would not be permitted to have visitors. They're meeting, and they're all deciding on this together. So either this is becoming the standard of care, or this is the same modus operandi, which actually criminally makes it easier to prove, Schultz commented after playing the recording. And she heard listeners to prevent COVID patients from being secluded. Get in there. It's in the patient bill of rights, she said. Just because they're using the word isolation doesn't mean it makes it any better what they're doing. When an American is isolated from others, what is this considered? Unlawful imprisonment and even torture. She held up a document. She identified it as a police report on the Mayo Clinic. She said it included felony charges of vulnerable adult abuse. She stressed that prosecutors have considerable discretion to decide whether doctors should be charged. She also highlighted uh, highlighted a template for a private criminal complaint that individuals can file online with their state attorneys general, which she said can be accessed through the Truth for Health Foundation's website. Others that spoke at the press conference included Dr. Brian Artis, who highlighted what he described as the hazards of that drug, Remdesivir. 
as well as an unprecedented climate of fear and retribution for medical doctors who dissent from the enforced consensus of the use of remdesivir. It's in hospital protocols. If you go to your hospital today and you're tested positive for COVID-19 and you're checked in and they say the reason you're there is for COVID-19, you will be put on intravenous remdesivir. I promise you. Now they're punishing those who want to practice medicine. They're continuing to reward and allow doctors to maintain licenses to practice in hospitals if they just follow the hospital protocol. Dr. Artis pointed out that a randomized controlled trial of remdesivir and other therapies for Ebola that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine and has been touted from the beginning by Anthony Fauci actually showed the dangers of remdesivir as the scientists stopped administering it during the study because it was leading to a mortality rate above 50%. That's higher than any other drugs that have been tested. He also stated the CMS, that's the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, the government agency that regulates all of our hospital treatment and medical treatment on patients. He said that the CMS is bribing hospitals to choose remdesivir with a bonus. We told you about the CMS's bonus here. And their website does in fact refer to that as add-on payments that they pay for claims coding for COVID-19 and for treatment by remdesivir or several other drugs. (laughs) None of the other drugs are ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. You can book that. In a pre-recorded interview with Vliet, another speaker identified only as Marianne spoke about her Marine Corps veteran father's deterioration and his death at a Bozeman, Montana hospital. She said she wasn't allowed to be with her father, hold his hand as he died even, allowed only to view him from behind glass as he convulsed in his bed, a mask concealed his face. There's something about when you're able to be with your loved one and talk to them and hold their hand. There's something extremely powerful in that. And there's a reason they don't want us in the hospital, she said. They want us apart from each other. Thomas Renz, an attorney for the foundation, shared what he called the most shocking statistic he's ever seen, probably since this all started. In Texas, Texas alone, 84.8% of people who were mechanically ventilated for 96 consecutive hours died. 85%. It's a death sentence, he said. Vliet concluded the press conference by recommending that patients seek early treatment rather than waiting for symptoms to worsen. She also urged patients to think strategically and plan ahead if they do end up going to a hospital. You have the right to refuse treatment. You have the right to request treatment. You have the right to have an advocate when you're in the hospital. When those rights are denied, your civil rights, your human rights, and constitutional rights are being overridden. And you will need an advocate, she said. This is real, folks. 
It's real. And it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. More egregious. More and more questions. More and more fear. More and more top-down power being foisted from our government against all Americans. And I don't see it I don't see it lightening up or changing anytime soon. And of course the insanity still goes on, just this crazy stuff that happens. One example I'll just mention it in Shanghai, China, at Disneyland there, at every amusement park, I think they're doing COVID tests. Well, they tested one day, last Thursday, they tested 33,000 people for COVID. And they closed the park for two days. You want to know why? One person tested, tested positive for COVID out of 33,000. And they shut down Shanghai Disneyland. It's just absolutely crazy. And it goes on and on and on and on. And we knew this was going to begin to aggressively expand and that people were going to die. Representative Nicole Maliotakis, a Republican from New York, said yesterday 26 New York City firehouses halted operations on Saturday because de Blasio made the decision to lock unvaccinated firefighters out of work. 26 fire stations in Manhattan. The city's fire chief said the department had not closed any firehouses and blamed irresponsible bogus sick leave by firefighters that are apparently protesting that vaccine mandate that requires them to get the shot or face unpaid leave. As of 7.30 this morning, Monday morning, 26 FDNY stations, including five in her district, that's what Maliotakis, Nicole Maliotakis said, 26 of them have closed due to de Blasio's decision to lock and vax firefighters out of work. De Blasio announced just a few weeks ago his big-time mandate requiring the entire municipal workforce to get vaxxed. No testing option there. And they had an October 29th deadline, prompting protest by a bunch of these municipal workers and sympathizers who join in. They're opposed to the mandate, sparking concerns about a shortage of first responders. Now, let me tell you when the first big deal happened in New York on Saturday. Saturday. This is this is a horrible story. There was a fire in the wee hours of the morning. I don't even remember which borough it was in in Manhattan, but it, it, it's a New York borough. And there's a firehouse... I guess about two blocks away. Fire just just blows right through this apartment complex. One of the older buildings. You know, you've seen New York. You may have been there and you've seen certain parts of the city. These big old brick buildings and they just get redone and redone, redone on the inside. A lot of times when they catch on fire, they go up like a match. That firehouse that was closed required one that was about two stations away. And it took them about three times as long as normal to get to this fire. By the time they got to the fire, the whole thing was engulfed. Mom and dad got out of the apartment in which it started, but a five-year-old baby boy, they couldn't get to him, and they heard him screaming, burning to death. 
because that firehouse, one of those 26 firehouses, wasn't staffed and they had to call somebody else. How many things like that are we going to see before this thing comes to a head and we find some resolution? I mean, we're talking about military now. Thousands of Air Force troops have gone vocal and they're going to refuse to be vaccinated. So the Air Force, they're the first military branch to face these mass refusals for the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin on the 25th of Austin said all military branches, all service members have to receive the vax as numbers surged over the summer. Active duty members have until tomorrow, November 2nd, to have at least taken one dose of whichever vaccine you're going to choose to take, while National Guard and Reserve members have until December 2nd to comply. 12,000 personnel in the Air Force have declined any vaccination regimen whatsoever. But the number was 60,000 at the start of October. Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby, former Admiral, told reporters last week that 97% of active duty personnel have received at least one shot. 87% are fully vaxxed. The total force has a lower number with about 82% with at least one dose, 68% fully vaccinated with no breakouts for reserve or guard personnel. A report that came out of military.com claimed the number in the Air Force specifically was about 94% in late September, but that the vax rate within the Air Force specifically has slowed in recent weeks. This current time frame and the crunch that they're on indicates those service members who have not received a vaccination will not be able to start in time to meet the Air Force deadline. Kirby claimed the number of members asking for religious exemptions is very small. That is not true. There's a very, very large number, and they're being denied. Possible punishments for refusal include dismissal from the service, or getting a charge from the military justice system. But it's not clear yet how widely the punishments will be applied. And that comes out of Newsweek magazine yesterday. The fact that it's a choice leading to potential loss to readiness is striking. That's according to Catherine Kaminsky, a military policy expert at Washington Think Tank Center for a New American Security. The Air Force wouldn't talk to the Post, who published this story about how many personnel have outright refused versus how many have applied for an exemption or even opt out from the service, but the service is going to make some details public after the deadlines go by. This is interesting, folks. It's interesting. And again, it's not getting any better at all. This next story just blows my mind. This is incredible. Vaccinating our kids. Very controversial. You know, the FDA was considering the Moderna vaccine for children age 12 and up. 12 years old. 12 years old. Now, you have any idea what the statistics are about a 12-year-old kid dying from COVID-19? 
Well, let me just say this. If you don't get vaccinated and you're 12 years old, here what, here's what the stats say. You have a 99.997 chance of not dying of COVID-19. That's 99.997. That's about as close to you're not going to die as you can get. 99.997. And they're demanding, they being the CDC and the so-called other medical experts are demanding vaccination of our babies. Well, the FDA delayed a decision on whether to approve Moderna's vaccine for kids 12 and older. The health regulator is investigating the risk of myocarditis. That's just a mild form of um, heart inflammation in children aged 12 to 17, which is a common side effect, adverse effect from Moderna's vaccination. And they say the review may not be completed before January of 2022. The company's fully committed, they say, to closely working with the FDA to support their review, is grateful to the FDA for their diligence. Moderna added it was going to delay filing a request for an emergency use authorization for a smaller dose of its mRNA vaccine among kids aged 6 to 11. And that just gets more obscene, more ludicrous, more ridiculous. Vaccinating our babies, folks, when in almost every case it is an uncontested medical fact, they're very, very seldom going to get sick. And if and when they do with COVID-19, they're not going to die. And yet, the insistent, the insistence of these political health experts, not just health experts, but political health experts, that all of our babies, even our babies, have got to be vaccinated when we know with no doubt whatsoever there's a bunch of stuff in these vaccines that are creating real problems for a lot of people and killing a large number of them just from adverse reactions. Dr. Fauci's not talking about his own VAERS report on the CDC web night, website. comes out every Friday. We give you the numbers when we get them. Usually it's Tuesday or Wednesday of the following week. And we're going to do it again this week as we do every week. Fauci won't even mention it. He won't talk about it. Why is that? From 1991 till January 1 of 2021, the adverse reactions that resulted in deaths to any American taking any vaccination. We're talking about rubella, chicken pox, measles, um, mumps. What else? What else is in there? Polio. Adverse reactions to the vaccinations for each of those, all thrown into one bucket and combined. 1991 when they first, the CDC first began to keeping these numbers. From 1991 to January 1st this year, 1,963 total deaths. Through Friday two weeks ago, from January 1 to Friday two weeks ago, 
16,000 Americans have been reported to pass away because of adverse reactions. Most of those adverse reactions and deaths subsequently came from the Pfizer vaccine. Moderna was second, Johnson & Johnson third. And nobody in the government will even mention it. Oh, you know, when you when you vaccinate this many million people, you're going to have adverse reactions. Well, folks, you had to get vaccinated for polio, for mumps, for rubella, for chickenpox before you could go to school. Every American. We didn't have 16,000 deaths in 10 months. We didn't have 16,000 deaths in 31 years. But now, something else is happening. People are dying. Lots of people are dying. I don't want to diminish COVID-19 is a bad thing, and it ha- it really hurts, happens to hurt people, happens to kill people. But there are a whole lot of things bubbling beneath the surface that we don't know about. I think you'd agree. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, you're going to hear somebody that you very seldom ever hear talk about anything that could be labeled a conservative cause. Bill Maher, HBO's Bill Maher, weighs in on his thoughts about our current situation regarding COVID-19 and our vaccines. You don't want to miss this. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Oh, oh, are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. Shop at H&M. Be stylish. Be trendy. With women's clothes and accessories at the best quality and the best prices since 1947. Come to H&M and shop for women's clothing and accessories inspired by the latest fashion trends. Here at H&M, the master of cheap fashion, clothes cost the average price of $21.40. Wow, that's so cheap and affordable. I know, right? H&M offers fashion and quality clothing at an affordable price. So, what are you waiting for? Come shop at H&M today! Hashtag Hot and Modern. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6's new improved website lets you book a room and save more for what you travel for faster than ever. Even faster than you can find your keys, which you swore were right on the little hooky thing by the garage door where they always are, and we can land a robot on a comet, but we can't keep keys from disappearing. Oh, here they are. Left them in my jacket. Don't you hate that? I'm Tom Bodette for the new improved Motel6.com, and we'll leave the light on for you. He's got the inside scoop on what's really happening in D.C. TNN, the Truth News Network. Here's Dan. 
Well, I don't know about having an inside scoop, but we do investigate exhaustively and we're able to turn over some rocks that a lot of people, most people don't get the chance to see what's under the rock. We do that for you here every day at Truth News Network's TNN Live. Hey, let me ask you this. How was your weekend? Didn't even talk to you about that before we started the show today. Hope you had a great one. Hope you had lots of trick-or-treaters at your house. It was interesting to watch what happened here in uh, in our subdivision. Um, everybody just knows you got to load up on candy and stuff because you never know how many trick-or-treaters are going to come by, and you certainly don't want to run out of the goods, goodies because a lot of them get a little angry if they come to the door and you open the door and say, look, I'm sorry we ran out of candy. I guess that's when the trick thing <laughs> is supposed to happen. But we had a we had a good crowd on Saturday night. It was interesting in our subdivision. Um, the subdivision locked down at 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon, and only children that lived within the subdivision were allowed to trick-or-treat that night. And then yesterday evening, which was Halloween Eve, they opened it up and anybody from anywhere in the city could come. We had more people that came from the families that live here in the subdivision than we did when they opened it up to a city of 100,000 people, which was kind of surprising. I think the whole philosophy of Halloween and kids going out on the streets, in many cases alone or in a group, and all of the stuff that's happening, the bad stuff that's happening around the nation has made parents get a little more cautious about putting their kids out of the car you know, put them out at the front of the neighborhood and meet them at the back of the neighborhood an hour later. I don't think that's happening like it did when I was growing up. In fact, my parents didn't care. We lived in a subdivision and they said, be home by 11 o'clock. <laughs> and, and we asked for candy until about five minutes to 11, give us time to get to the house before curfew. Things are just a little bit different. By the way, 866-37-TRUTH, the number to call toll-free if you want to join the show. That's 1-866-378-7884. 1-866-378-7884. Got a, a few other things to talk to you about regarding COVID-19-related matters. Friday night on Bill Maher's show on HBO, Senator Chris Coons, Democrat, a leader in uh, the U.S. Senate, one of the Democrat Party leaders, was on there with Bill Maher. And Bill Maher has of late, I guess over the last couple of years, on uh, many conservative causes, Bill Maher, who's a very smart guy, he has actually leaned a little further to the right on some of the issues and principally his leaning to the right has nothing to do with political correctness but it has to do with the truth. So they got into a heated discussion about natural immunity. And for those Americans who really do have natural immunity, whether they've had COVID-19 and got over it, or maybe they just have natural immunity. And Chris Coons was up there arguing about, we got to get on top of this COVID thing, vax, vax, vax. And Bill Maher asked a couple of questions and offered some observations that made Chris Coons, Senator Coons, and everybody in Mars studio audience 
begin to ask themselves some of the same questions. Listen in. We're ready to be done with this, but we're not done until the world is safe, and we're not safe as except, a world until the world's not safe. Except the, the world recognizes natural immunity. We don't, because everything in this country has to go through the pharmaceutical companies. Natural immunity is the best kind of immunity. We shouldn't fire people who have natural immunity because they don't get the vaccine. We should hire them. Right. Yes? If someone <laughs> tests as having antibodies. Well, sure. okay, but, but, you know, people who've had it, I've had it. Right. You know, I, I mean, I shouldn't be tested anymore. I had and the if vaccine. If someone's I got willing the... to be a fireman, if someone's willing to be a policeman, if someone's willing to go into a burning building mm -hmm. and says, I'm just not that afraid of COVID and I don't want to take the vaccine. That should be enough. He shouldn't be losing his job. He shouldn't be furloughed without pay. The guy that saves lives because he doesn't want to take a vaccine. It's ridiculous. And just a little messaging. I mean, I see it all the time. I saw it driving in today. People outside alone walking with a mask. It's so stupid. It's, it's, it's an amulet. Yes. You know, yes. Some, a charm people a wear around neck yes. to ward away evil exactly. spirits. It means nothing. I mean, can't we get people to understand the facts more? I mean, listen to this. Um, for unvaccinated hospitalization risk, unvaccinated, 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Hospitalization rate for the vaccinated is actually 0.01%. And the rate for the unvaccinated is 0.89%. So in both cases, the correct answer is less than 1%. They thought it was over 50. How do people, especially of one party, get such a bad idea? Where did that come from? So let me ask you this question. Who would have thought that we conservatives in America would ever turn to the likes of Bill Maher to get some truthful, thoughtful, pensive information about how COVID-19 infects whomever and how vaccinated somebody is, what the numbers and the percentages, the likelihood of their getting COVID-19, vaxxed or unvaxxed. And nobody's on the news talking about what Bill Maher just said. Why is that? Why doesn't CNN or MSNBC, why doesn't the Washington Post or the New York Times, why don't they publish stories or give us stories on air about, hey guys, look, if, you're, if, if, if you've had COVID-19, the likelihood of your ever being hospitalized for COVID-19 in your life after COVID-19, because you've had it, you've got natural antibodies. It's less than 1%. Have you heard anybody talk about that was something that I think everybody needs to know and understand. The natural immunity thing, Dr. Anthony Fauci, for months at the beginning of this pandemic, the lockdown stuff back in March and April and May and June of 2021, you remember he was up on his bully pulpit at the White House, those daily briefings with the, the White House COVID committee. And he was all up in people's faces. Oh, you just got to, you got to tough it out. We need to social distance. We need to lock down. We need to mask up until the vaccines come out. And when the vaccines come out, everybody's going to be able to stay alive. You remember all that? 
Well, the vaccines come. People, I mean, in abundance, just started jumping all over vaccines, especially January of this year. Joe Biden, everybody in politics, every Democrat, got to get vaxxed, got to get vaxxed. You're going to kill yourself, and you're going to kill everybody else if you don't get vaccinated. All of a sudden, they begin to find out, hmm, these vaccines have some pretty nasty, really nasty adverse results that happen. I mean, I've seen videos and horror stories from people. One woman, we followed her case right here on TNN Live. Her adverse reactions from taking the Moderna vaccine, she had to have both of her hands and both of her, her legs amputated below the knees, had her hands amputated because of horrible blood clotting that happened. And they did that to save her life. Others just just as horrible. I mean, tremors. People can't even walk. People can't even talk. And of course, as we said, about 16,000 people have died as a direct result of adverse reactions to these COVID shots. Um, that That is unexplainable, and it's certainly unacceptable. If you weren't with us, let me give you quickly the latest VAERS numbers that we have, the number I said close to 18,000, actually Friday a week ago, the number was 17,619 deaths, 86,542 hospitalizations, 94,163 trips to urgent care, 130,000 doctor office visits, 7,700 cases of anaphylaxic shock, Bell's palsy, 10,465, 2,712 miscarriages, 8,656 heart attacks, 10,956 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis, 27,000 cases of people who, because of the COVID-19 vaccinations, are permanently disabled. Don't denigrate the horrors of this disease and don't just automatically assume if you get vaccinated, you're going to be okay. You just heard these guys, Bill Maher and his guest, Senator Coons talking about, you know, you get vaxxed, there's going to be some reactions and uh, no, it doesn't work like we thought it did. And, oh, we're going to take care of that. Now we've got all these boosters out there. So you take a booster shot. Probably the loudest, the meanest, and the crudest of the communicators in the Democrat Party regarding everything to do with our government, everything to do with the White House, is White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. She, of course, as all White House um, people have had to, she got vaccinated. She was diagnosed Saturday, COVID-19 positive, breakthrough Breakthrough case of COVID positive. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, vaccinated, fully vaccinated. He's got a bad case of COVID-19. So I'll I'll just ask you this question. Why would anybody want to get vaccinated if it doesn't work? Ever, if it doesn't work at all. I mean, there are millions of people that are finding themselves 
in deep doo-doo with COVID-19 that were vaccinated and they got vaccinated. Maybe many of them were hesitant to do so because they didn't really trust that the science had been proven. The science had gone through the normal processes with human trials, which it hasn't. None of the three over here have. None of them have gone through the trials and the testing to make sure that these adverse reaction types that we're having thousands and thousands of cases aren't because of the vaccines. Why is all this happening, folks? Is there something sinister aloof that we don't know about? That's a great question. Bunch of frontline healthcare workers, they're leaving. They're putting their jobs on the line. They're like you and I, despite COVID vaccines being promoted as safe and effective by the mainstream media, they're saying, we're not seeing that here in our hospitals where we're working. And therefore, some nurses and doctors, a bunch of them, tens of thousands of them, are refusing those vaccine mandates, even if it's going to cost them their jobs. Let me give you a few examples. Emily Nixon. She's a registered nurse who has been working in the health industry for 18 years. When her employer, Maine Health, announced it would make the vax mandatory, she organized a group called the Coalition for Healthcare Workers Against Medical Mandates, and they filed a lawsuit. Thousands of healthcare workers have and will be losing their jobs, a lawsuit says. The already weak healthcare infrastructure of Maine will not withstand this devastating loss of staff. Life will be lost. Care is already being rationed here. We've been experiencing a media blackout in the state of Maine. Jacqueline Zubiate, working for Southern Maine Healthcare, loved her job. She was an NP, nurse practitioner. I didn't take the vaccine, even though I knew I would be terminated. Now with the data that we have, we know that the survival rate is really quite high. Over the last 18 months, I've only sent one patient to the emergency room in respiratory distress. COVID has no distinguishing features among other viruses like other disease that we have vaccines for. Why would I need a vaccine for something with a 99% survival rate that does not have any distinguishable features? You know, the individual cases of this. We had... um, We had a nurse from Orlando on the show three weeks ago, and she told us exactly what's happened to her and what's happening in her healthcare company. She was employed by a large hospital chain, mandates, vaccine mandates, and they're letting people go. We don't have enough frontline healthcare workers in our hospitals as it is. We cannot afford for these people to be kicked out because they're pushing back against the vaccine. So once again, I'll ask you this question. What's the real reason for this? What's really going on? What is the deal? What is the helter-skelter, the demand, the screaming and hollering, threatening job layoffs, firing people, kicking people out of the military service, kicking nurses and doctors out of hospitals because they refuse to get vaccinated. Do you think it's because everybody that's refusing is stupid that they're 
MAGA people, that's what the mainstream media have grabbed a hold, and they've been beating that drum from the beginning. Oh, if you refuse a vaccine, you don't want to get vaccinated, you got to be a Trump supporter. Folks, Trump was vaccinated. He is not anti-vax. He encouraged people to be vaccinated. So why do they automatically, that be their fallback, to talk bad about people who don't want to get vaccinated because they know he is divisive. Donald Trump is divisive in many, many, in many ways. And nobody ever questions what side of the fence he comes down on. He is conservative to the bone. So it's just an easy way for people that want to denigrate anybody that is not intelligent enough, that's not enlightened enough to understand you're going to die if you don't get vaccinated for COVID-19. To explain why somebody would be that way, their default position is, oh, just just call them MAGA folks. Oh, they're Trumpsters. They're MAGA folks. None of that's true, folks. (laughs) Not a bit of it's true. There are, as you heard in that opening six minutes audio segment we played to you, there are a plethora of frontline physicians, virologists, epidemiologists, cardiologists that are dead set against these vaccines. Why? Because there's stuff in it, all three of them, that in many cases are hurting people. And then the second piece of that is we don't know everything that's in these vaccines. Now, why would the CDC jump on board the ship and put that out there without releasing a complete detailed breakdown of all of the elements of all three vaccinations so that non-political doctors, researchers, laboratory technicians could examine these things and give us the facts about the substance. And if the facts say there is no problem with them, more Americans would be breathing comfortably today rather than hiding in fear and scared to death, not only of the COVID-19 virus, but of losing their jobs just because they're asking questions. And then there's our kids. I I just can't get away from what they're doing now with our kids. Do you know in my state of Louisiana, uh, the biggest healthcare system in the state, Ochsners, they're headquartered in New Orleans, but in Shreveport, Louisiana, we have a huge Ochsner hospital. It's actually LSU Med, Med School is headquartered as part of this medical center. Ochsners. They're in court right now because they mandated every one of their employees get vaccinated. Employees took them to court, and there's a case pending. It's in the appeals court about mandates for employees to get vaxxed. But that's not the only uh, interesting thing happening in the Oshner healthcare system, like in many other places. Here's a report out of the New Orleans area from over the weekend. Listen to what Oshner's is doing down in the New Orleans area. 
Jennifer Ravain, it says her son was administered a dose of the Pfizer vaccine without her consent during that mobile Oshner vaccine event at East Jefferson High School. Now, she and her attorney believe other students were also given vaccines without parental consent. Now, we did speak with some other parents throughout the parish who tell me they are very upset at this. If something were to happen to my child that he signed for or they allowed him to do without my consent, who's going to be responsible for taking care of any medical bills for the rest of his life if something were to happen? Parents in Jefferson Parish are reacting after word spread of a teen getting vaccinated without proper parental consent at East Jefferson High School. It happened during an on-campus Oshner mobile vaccine event this week. The parent of the teen says Ashna Rupps told him and others to sign consent forms on their parents' behalf. I would be so uh, gut-wrenched if something like that happened to my child, and I feel for the parent that that happened to him. Ashner confirmed in this statement sent to WDSU, our team has been notified a student was vaccinated without proper parental consent at a school vaccination event on October 20th. We have procedures in place to ensure that all policies are followed. However, in this instance, this did not occur. Danielle Woods has a 14-year-old that attends Haynes Academy and says to hear this happen is a letdown to parents throughout the parish. I'm not saying that anybody should or should not get it, I'm, but it is my personal choice, and I don't feel like it's right for them to take that away from me. We've reached out to the mother of the teen who sparked the concerns. Jennifer Ravain's attorney advised her not to talk with us on camera, but did send this statement reading in part. Actions at Oshner and East Jefferson High School went well beyond any legal or moral bounds at a minimum. Parents like Jessica Petalino agree. Going against a parent or behind a parent's back by using other forms that were for other purposes it's going behind the parents back and taking away your rights and last thing i know we're living in a free country yeah that freedom thing you know the my body my choice thing that is only applicable if a democrat says that if you're a conservative <laughs> that doesn't matter you got to do what we tell you you got to do that's the way it is folks did you hear that story vaccinating kids at school without parents even knowing about it, which is a violation of all kinds of laws. And Oshner's and that public school system in New Orleans, I promise she's going to pay a big price because that mom is suing because her baby boy, who's a minor, was told to fill out a form and sign it because their parents weren't there to sign it. And that allowed them to vaccinate him. Now, Here's the only scary thing about this, and this is the only thing we need to concentrate on. Why is this happening? There's a reason. There may be more than one, but there's at least one reason. Why would these people, the, what do we want to call them? The healthcare industrial complex. Let's call them that. The healthcare complex. There seems to be this massive push towards forcing everything and everybody to COVID-19 to be tested, be tested positive, to be admitted. Once you're admitted, make sure you get on remdesivir, make sure you spend some time on a vent, and oh, by the way, your official 
diagnosis is going to be COVID-19. And because of that, these hospitals and medical institutions are going to get paid a little extra by the federal government because you're taking care of COVID patients. It's all in a circle. Now, let me, let me challenge you. Here's what I want you to do before tomorrow. I want you to, to stop. Maybe you can just think about it. Maybe you want to write it down, but think of a big circle and put all of the issues that are happening regarding your health care, COVID-19, treatment, vaccinations, all of that, put it at different places around the circle. And then when you finish, start tying the pieces in that circle that you've written down, tying them together. And you're going to come out with a common denominator. I guarantee you'll come out. If you'll be objective and you'll be honest, you'll come out with a common denominator. I'm not going to, t- I'm not going to tell you what I think it is. I'm not going to talk about it anymore today, but tomorrow morning I want you to come back. And we're, going to, we're not going to spend an hour in COVID-19 stuff tomorrow unless something really big comes out today I don't know about. But we will, the early part of the show, we will talk about this circle. And uh, let, me, let me just ask you to do this. Today, if you do this and you get up, you get an answer, email it to me, dan at truthnewsnet.org. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. And then we'll talk about it on the show tomorrow morning. I think it's going to surprise you about how many people in our circle of conservatives, principally conservatives, listen to the show and read our website. How many will be in uh, unison with all of us when we consider what's going on? Hey. We have that big election, tomorrow's election day in Virginia. Big gubernatorial race. I mean, a really, really big one. Terry McCulloch, Glenn Youngkin. It's a war up there, and there's a lot of new little things that have popped up that you need to know about. We're going to get to that, and then uh, we've got several other really good things that we want to visit with you about. Very important things. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back right after this at Truth News Network, TNN Live. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. Nowadays, it's more important than ever to know the value of a dollar, or three, or four, or five, or even six. New Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. Tasty breakfast combos that give you more bang for your bucks. Get a wake-up wrap with sausage and a medium-hot coffee for $3. A bagel with cream cheese spread and a medium-hot coffee for $4. A bacon, egg, and cheese croissant with a medium-hot coffee for $5. Or a power breakfast sandwich and, you guessed it, a medium-hot coffee for $6. Dunkin' Go-To's, now with brews. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. Little Caesar's Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring $6.49 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesar's. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesar's Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just $6.49. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. 
Join a community of online learning and find your bright future at the American Women's College of Bay Path University. Getting your college education doesn't necessarily make it so you have different self-worth or you mean more. There's so many different roads you can take. But if you have the feeling that you want it, go get it. The American Women's College is supportive and kind, and what you've created has changed lives, and I'm so grateful that I can say I've been part of it. Enrolling now for September and November at baypath.edu slash future. Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk, cool bottle of water. Fake news, spin, anger, violence. How do you sort through the chaos? You tune in to TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. Hey, before we get into the Virginia gubernatorial race, something piqued my interest. You know, we were just talking about former President Trump and how everything that Anybody on the far left wants to point to and denigrate any conservative or any conservative cause. They feel like they got to tie Donald Trump to that person because they feel, far lefters think, oh, there's absolutely no way. This guy was a fraud. Donald Trump was a dictator wannabe. Of course, if you look at what Donald Trump did compared to what the guy in the White House now is doing, not trying to do, but is doing, This guy is a dictator, an autocrat. Donald Trump was a free freedom, freedom of everything president. All that being said, MSNBC, CNN, they're still in the tank. I don't know what they'll do if Donald Trump doesn't run for president in 2024. Have you heard about their their ratings, how abysmal they are? They've tried after the election, November 3rd, they tried to keep Trump as a topic so that they can amp up the hate and the vitriol. That's the only way they get viewers at either network, MSNBC or CNN. Do you know that month after month, week after week, day after day on CNN especially, there are more people that listen to one of the evening Fox News talk shows, either Tucker Carlson, uh, Sean Hannity, um, or any one of the others, even the late night shows. More people listen to one of those one-hour shows than do the entire day rolled into one at CNN. MSNBC is even worse. And they still keep beating the drum about anti-Donald Trump. Let me give you a perfect example. You know the World Series is underway. Houston Astros... Atlanta Braves. Um, It was a good game last night. It was in Atlanta, and uh, the Astros had to win, or the Atlanta Braves would have won the series. That would have been their fourth win. So the series is now going to go back to the Astros because um, the Astros won last night. So there's going to be a game, uh, what is it, game, uh, game six? Where are we now? Braves have three. Astros have two, that's five. Yeah, it'll be game six in Houston. So CNN, obviously, it's a big story in Atlanta. You know, the 
Major League Baseball is there. Remember the scandal when um, Major League Baseball pulled the All-Star game out of Atlanta, moved it to Denver because of the um, very racist laws that were some new ones passed but some amended for election protection in Atlanta. And, of course, all the sycophants are out there claiming it's racist, which none of it is. Nevertheless, that's a big deal. But what did CNN do on the streets of Atlanta? They wanted to get into the Donald Trump connection. This is hard to believe. Listen to these reporters. Among the thousands of people taking in the game last night was former President Trump. He's now drawing scrutiny this morning from some for taking part in the controversial tomahawk chop. He was one of many in the crowd to do it. It's been a chant and gesture used at Braves games for about three decades now, but it's been criticized by Native American advocacy groups as mocking Native culture. They argue that the chop and the team's name is racist, reducing Native American history to caricature. Others argue that the chant is actually a tribute, and we should note that similar chants are performed by other sports teams, like the Florida State Seminoles, with support from some Native groups. Nevertheless, the former president, no stranger to this kind of controversy, this only the latest episode in a career that's been marked by culturally insensitive and often downright racist statements. In the meantime, CNN's Donny O'Sullivan went to the ballpark ahead of the game and spoke to Georgians about how they feel about the former president showing up. Baseball fans showing up here at the World Series in Atlanta tonight, having mixed feelings about the former president showing up to the game. Have a listen. How do you think Trump will be received here? <laughs> well, um, I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we are fans. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we like his policies. We don't like his attitude sometimes. We like his policies. You think so. uh, you think he'll get some more cheers than boos maybe tonight? More cheers than boos, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. His personality is a little bit on the over the top. There's a special guest coming tonight. Oh yeah, we've heard <laughs> the one that doesn't like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh, we're here to see the baseball game. Yeah. Do you think you think he'll get a warm welcome or booed or what? Mixed. Probably mixed. Yeah. Yeah. Because he up till a few months ago he wanted people to to um, boycott, right? Yes, I couldn't figure that out. Yeah. You'll, you'll never see baseball boycotters here. Yeah. Special guests coming in tonight. Who's that? Oh, Trump. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's my man. Yeah. Oh yeah. You think uh, you think he's going to get a warm reception here? Absolutely. Atlanta fans love him. He should have won the election. And so there you have it, the former president back in a state, Georgia, that he falsely maintains that he didn't lose in the election 12 months ago. Of course, we are now only 12 months out or so from the midterm elections at the World Series. I'm Donny O'Sullivan in Atlanta. The only reason anybody would air that story I can't believe there's a producer anywhere that said, hey, you know what we ought to do tonight? Uh, yeah, former President Trump's going to the Brames Astro game in Atlanta. Why don't, why, don't we, why don't we find out how many people on the street really don't like him and will agree to attack him on air? As you just heard, you can bet if they'd have had any more negative comments about Trump, those would have made the clip 
rather than there was only one that was even remotely slightly negative, um, it would be there. But can you imagine a major network, and even though they have less than 900,000 people that watch their network, did you know that? Less than one million. Do you know that there are some days on TNN Live we'll have close to that number tuning in here, and we're just a little blog and podcast live radio conservative show on the internet streaming live. No promotion. The only people that come here, it's because somebody told them about what we do here. But yet, they're a division. They're owned totally by AT&T, one of the biggest companies on the planet, CNN, and they have less than a, a million people watching their shows And they're trying to come up with something to make themselves applicable for the current environment. And all they can do is still try to find a way to denigrate (laughs) Donald Trump. I mean, it's the definition of insanity, trying to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect to get better results. That is the epitome of CNN and MSNBC. So I thought I'd throw that in there kind of as a funny little thing for you to think about when uh, when you're thinking through the day and that comes up. You'll probably tell somebody, hey, did you hear did you hear what happened? CNN sent somebody on the streets at in Atlanta at the World Series trying to find somebody to jump on anti Trump stuff and they couldn't do it. I don't care who you are, that's funny right there. So what about the gubernatorial race? Well, you got two in the race. You've got Glenn Youngkin and you've got Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe is the tried, tested, and very, very, very blue two times former governor of the state of Virginia. He's a lifer in Democrat politics. He was all up. Actually, I think he was Bill Clinton's campaign manager for his second term. I believe that's where McAuliffe first got his big shot. And he's out there, and he's just every day making a fool of himself. As you probably heard last week, I think it was on Thursday, Fox News came out with their latest poll, and it had a plus or minus 2% voter margin in it, and it showed Yunkin with an 8-point lead over Terry McAuliffe, which is a shocking occurrence to happen in the state of Virginia because Virginia's very, very blue. Trump lost to Biden there, I think, by 20 points. I mean, it was huge. Very few people can understand what's going on there. And so on Thursday night, it's just getting where it looks almost like McAuliffe's throwing in the the towel because on Thursday night, he didn't even show up for a get-out-the-vote event in Prince William County. Instead, the candidate for lieutenant governor, Del Hala Ayala, appeared in McAuliffe's place. Following the recent trend of Virginia Democrat candidates having low turnout at campaign events, Ayala seemed to be speaking before a um, much smaller crowd. It was really, really small. McAuliffe evidently did not appear in an event on Friday either. It was supposed to be a part of his scheduled Go TV bus tour at a brewery in Alexandria, Virginia. He claimed he could not attend due to weather. There was no weather, (laughs) certainly no snow, and it didn't rain. Still, a small crowd gathered inside the brewery waiting for him to show up. 
And of course, you can wait in a brewery and get something to do while you're in there waiting for your candidate, can't you? CNN, here we go. CNN's Dan Marika reported that McAuliffe's campaign feels tense leading up to Election Day tomorrow. Marika noted the crowds McAuliffe is seeing at the events he's holding are not the typical fired-up crowd that is usually seen just days before any election. It still says something about this race that McAuliffe has had to call on a number of top Democrats to come down here to try to rally the troops, he said. He was talking, of course, about former President Barack Obama, President Biden, Vice President Harris. They've all campaigned in Virginia for McAuliffe in recent days. Politico reported Carrie Berlin, who worked as a regional GoTV director for Virginia Democrats, left her role four days before the election to work on Capitol Hill as a scheduler for Representative Seth Moulton, a Democrat out of Massachusetts. McAuliffe led by 11 points just weeks ago. He led by 11. He's down by 8. It's not looking good for Democrats in Virginia, and many are saying, and of course, however this race comes out, whoever wins it, everybody is going to claim that the results of the race prove what Americans want everywhere across the nation. Forget about the fact that it's a, a governor's race and not even a race for the U.S. Congress. That happens every two years, and we have one of those in about a year and a day. November of 2022 is when we have the midterms. So every day it seems like McAuliffe gets busted for something he says. He's been talking about his five children. And you know the education system, public education system in Virginia has been taking all kind of shots. Critical race theory, it was announced, and then these parents start showing up at these school board meetings and they're pushing back, I mean, really loudly, very vocally against the teaching of critical race theory in public schools. They don't want their kids being indoctrinated using race in a classroom, a teacher teaching that race is the cure for racism, that what you have to do to get rid of racism is you've got to pick up the mantle of racism and use it against somebody of a different skin color than you. Really, um, very brilliant process to try to use. Well, over the weekend, he, um, in speeches, he was talking about, oh, Virginia public schools, we don't need to change them. They're really, really good. We're going to make them better. And me and my wife, we raised our five kids in Virginia schools, and we know how good they are. But he forgot to tell us something. Even though he said, Dorothy and I have raised our five children in Virginia schools, he was telling the truth. But there's a little problem with that. Four out of five of those kids of his all went to private school. According to a Washington Post profile from four years ago, when after McAuliffe won a previous election to be governor, one of McAuliffe's sons attended Gonzaga College High School, which is a Catholic institution in Washington, D.C., 
that has a current annual tuition of a paltry $24,950, not including meals or transportation. But that price, $25,000, that's a bargain compared to the Potomac School in McLean, Virginia, where three other McAuliffe's kids went to high school, private school. According to their website, Potomac's tuition for this school year, $45,650 per student grade 9 through 12. Now, one big area of debate between the two candidates, McAuliffe and Youngkin, has been whether or not parents should have a right to influence what students learn at public schools. McAuliffe has come out, he's been a staunch proponent of the idea this should be left specifically to experts and not to parents. Youngkin, meanwhile, has accused the school system of teaching CRT to all their kids. On multiple occasions, including Sunday's Meet the Press, McAuliffe claimed that the state schools do not teach critical race theory, despite the State Board of Education's website promoting it, including a presentation from 2015 when McAuliffe was governor. Now, none of that should surprise any of us. After all, it's an election season. Even though it's just this one race, by the way, there's another gubernatorial race up that way. New Jersey, Chris Murphy, Democrat, is up for election. He seems to be doing a little bit better in his run to repeat as New Jersey governor than McAuliffe is trying to get back as governor of Virginia. We're going to keep our eyes on it, but I'll, I'll bet you Early voting, there's been a million Virginians that have already cast their ballots. We don't know the split. They won't tell us that. I'm sure they know, but they don't want to mention it before the election day because it would definitely impact the elections and who comes out to vote on Tuesday, election day. So they're, they're going to keep that secret. So let's move on to some other controversies. It's Monday. Yeah, we can find all kinds of things. Just one m- month after state law SB 8 in Texas, which bans abortion upon detection of the heartbeat of unborn babies. Just a month after it went into effect. Listen to this, folks. Texas in one month saw a 50% drop in abortions. However, the number of abortions performed at facilities in the state may decline further the longer this law remains in effect. This was according to a study that was published three days ago. The study compared the 4,313 abortions performed in September of last year with the 2,164 in September, showing a significant decrease. Compared with August of this year, where there were 5,377 abortions in Texas, the reduction percentage in September is down 60% because the heartbeat law had not gone into effect until September. The researchers obtained data from 19 of the state's 24 abortion providers, which typically perform 93% of all abortions. At Senate bill, that law, SB 8, prohibits abortion upon detecting the baby's heartbeat, which can take place five to six weeks after the mother's last period. It also allows exemptions for some medical emergencies. 
It empowers almost anyone to sue those who aid and abet a woman who gets an abortion. While women who violate the law can't be sued, those who aid or abet her can be charged and incur a fine of $10,000 plus legal fees. It should be noted the Texas government offers parallel care to mothers who, despite their difficulties, take responsibility for the delivery of their babies. The statewide Alternatives to Abortion program promotes childbirth and provides support services to pregnant women and their families, to adoptive parents and parents who have experienced miscarriage of the loss of a child. Texas Alliance for Life founder Joe Podgman reported the results obtained by his organization. Meanwhile, nearly 200 providers under the state's very successful Alternatives to Abortion program offer a wide range of other services to women with unplanned pregnancies for three years after the baby's birth. It, it, it just boils down to this, folks. There are other alternatives. There are other alternatives. Why, oh, why is the first choice to abort a baby? And what are these people going to, what are they going to think if and when somewhere down the line they find out that baby was really alive. What will it do to them? Their mental uh, capability, the feelings that they have. Because I, I don't, there aren't many, there aren't very many women who choose an abortion that don't struggle with that decision in many cases, in most cases, for the rest of their lives. Just knowing that that was a living being, that their decision took its life. So what do you think's happening with President Biden? He's across the pond. As you know, he went to meet with the Pope in Italy, flew there, and uh, one real controversial thing, I guess two, happened. First of all, it was planned that his meeting with the Pope would have been televised live. At the last minute, the Pope said, nope, and that didn't happen, but he did meet with Joe. And we don't know from the Pope's side of it what happened in their conversations. But Joe, when he was asked what the pontiff shared about his thoughts on Joe being a Catholic and the Catholic Church being so pro-life and so anti-abortion, the policies of the Church and how vehemently the Church supports pro-life but is against people in their Church, the Catholic Church, getting abortions, communion comes into it. And if you've not been to Catholic Mass, you probably don't know this, but in almost every one they take they take communion, which is a sacrament, and it's a big deal in the church, all Christian churches. So it's been controversial in the United States. A bunch of the Catholic priests here and the dignitaries in the Catholic Church here, they refuse to give communion to somebody who is pro-choice, in other words, pro-abortion. Joe used to be a good Catholic and not believe in that. But lo and behold, for political purposes, he changed his mind. And now he's pro-choice, which is, again is against the theology of the Catholic Church. And Joe was asked what the Pope, if the Pope said anything to Joe about his belief in abortion and it's okay as a good Catholic. He said, now the, 
the Vatican hasn't confirmed or denied this, but he said the Pope told him to continue getting communion, taking communion in the Catholic Church. So all of this kind of stuff and all the other stuff that just continues to go on and on and on without anything being done about it. I mean, the supply chain interruption and what it's doing to the nation, to these vaccine mandates and what they are doing to the nation already and what we'll be doing over the next, but I guess between now and the end of the year, people getting fired because they refuse to be vaccinated, what that's going to do. There's no plan in place for any of this. Jen Psaki did say in a meeting week before last when it came up about the supply chain issues, she said, oh, we've been, we've been working on that since we took office on January 20th, even before then. Well, if they've been working on it since then, what is the plan that you guys implemented in January of this year regarding our supply chain issues? What processes did you change? What plans have you made? You know the response? Crickets. Nothing. And then there's Secretary of Transportation, former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg. And what did he do regarding supply chain problems? He decided to take 90 days off for paternity league because he and his partner adopted babies. But he came back when he started hitting the circuit, the talk show circuits, he came back and said, you know what? There are always supply chain problems. We just have to, on a continual basis, figure out ways to work through it. You know, we're in this pandemic mode here still, and people that's, you know, people in many cases aren't going to be able to work and we've got to work around those things, but we're working on it. We're working on it. And folks, every day it gets worse and worse and worse. So what do the American people think about Joe? Well, when we look for factual news and information, we always turn to the likes of NBC here at TNN Live because they're always on top of everything, right? If you don't think so, just ask one of them. Like NBC anchor Chuck Todd. So he yesterday on Meet the Press, his big show on Sunday, where I think maybe he had 57, maybe 58 people watching. I'm joking. But anyway, he debuted a new poll that showed that 71% of Americans believe our nation is on the wrong track. 71%. Oh, and he trumpeted it when Todd, when he talked about it. He said, we have a brand new NBC News poll out this morning, still with some scary news for Democrats. The overarching message, he said, Americans have lost their confidence in President Biden and their optimism for the country. At least they have right now. Just 22% of adults, he said, say we are headed in the right direction. A shocking 71%. We're on the wrong track. And that includes a near majority of Democrats who are saying that. Whoa, you mean there are a bunch of Democrats out there that are thinking objectively about what's happening in our political system and the administration currently in power? Todd continued. 
President Biden's approval rating stands at a dismal 42% versus 54% who disapprove. Believe it or not, just two months ago, Mr. Biden was in positive territory. 49 approving. So what's pulling down the president's numbers? Look at this set of numbers. Just 37% say he has the ability to handle a crisis versus a majority who say he does not. 37% also say he's competent and effective as president. 50% disagree with that description. What's more, Republicans, believe it or not, have double-digit leads in dealing with border security inflation, crime, national security, the economy, and shockingly, on getting things done. <laughs> Did you, you got that list? Republi- and he wouldn't give us the number of Republicans, the percentage. Republicans, believe it or not, have double-digit leads in dealing with border security, inflation, crime, national security, the economy, and shockingly, on getting things done. Democrats hold generally smaller double-digit leads on dealing with climate change, the coronavirus, education, and abortion. That's really it right now. In other words, uh uh-oh, he's busted. We're the ones that brought it to you now. What else is going on besides Joe's failing as president? And that's Chuck Todd on NBC. I wonder what the real numbers in that poll. I wonder what questions were asked by the pollsters calling and talking to the Americans they polled. Because, you know, you can change the way people react and respond in a poll phone call based upon not just what the questions are, but how they smell the emotion in the pollster that's calling. A lot of people want to, they want to answer the right way. It's interesting. I mean, folks, we're in trouble. He's in trouble. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I don't know what our options even are. None of the options I can think of are are good options. I mean, I can't bear to think. If he's done this in just 10 and a half months, how much more damage can be done between now and January of 2025? Wait a minute, he gets elected in 24, right? Yeah, but they don't take office until January 20th after the elections take place in November. We've got this guy unless he steps down or something else happens. And even if that happens, the options there are not real rosy because the vice president, oh my gosh, I can't imagine having a president, Kamala Harris. It has nothing to do with her skin color. Am I saying that? Absolutely nothing. I am far from racist. I don't believe any of that racism stuff and don't subscribe to it. I think it is the worst thing that's happened probably without question socially in our nation since its inception. We did make great strides bringing us back to where we had and adopted in large part the mindset that everybody really is equal here until until the first Obama term when it began to be apparent that there is weaponization possibilities to sow seeds of racism among the populace to keep Americans divided so that they don't join together and push back 
against some egregious reactions and actions of our government. You know, the kind of things we're seeing right now. Here's good news. Even with high unemployment, there's still a need for hundreds of thousands of cybersecurity professionals in the U.S. right now. And my computer career is training people to help meet the demand. No IT experience? No problem. Take the free career evaluation today at mycomputercareer.edu. Start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Grants covering up to 53% of the cost are available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. And now back to John with the weather. Yes, Andy. Tonight, a big storm. Storm this! Get the soccer offer from Pizza Hut and Pepsi. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. Yes, a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free! Don't miss the Pizza Hut and Pepsi soccer offer. With every two medium pan Super Supreme, you get a real soccer ball and four cans of Pepsi for free. What about the weather, Andy? Don't resist and call 19,000 now. Enrique Santos from Taco Bell. The toasted cheddar chalupa from Taco Bell is back, and I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing. Did they really toast six-month-old aged cheddar right onto a delicious flaky chalupa shell again? Yes, they did, but now it's even tastier. It comes with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink, all in a $5 box. That's right, all that for just a little cheddar. But don't forget, it's back for a limited time. The $5 toasted cheddar chalupa box, only at Taco Bell. New home ownership can be a real eye-opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates. Now at homedepot.com slash workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus, you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. No identity politics, no political elitism. Read and hear the truth, always sourced from facts. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. Well, 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 guess what? Something just minutes ago was released by the White House. New guidance released by the White House just minutes ago suggest that federal contractors will have, quote, significant leeway in enforcing President Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Federal contractors. Those companies like Boeing, Lockheed Martin, United Airlines, IBM, UPS, many others that employ a big number of Americans. The new guidance, which was released on the Safer Federal Workforce website, you know, the one every American goes to every day to get the latest, (laughs) provides flexibility for those companies to decide how to enforce the mandate. Here's what it says. This is a quote. A covered contractor should determine the appropriate means of enforcement with respect to its employee at a covered contractor workplace who refuses to be vaccinated and has not been provided or does not have a pending request for an accommodation. You realize it was just September 9th that Biden announced these mandates for federal workers. By the way, there still are no mandates. There's not one in existence. He threatened and said that was going to happen, that OSHA was going to push it out. 
There's not even one been posted as being pending. There's nothing out there. There's no draft out there of any rule regarding federal employees and federal contract employers have to be vaccinated. I wonder why that is so. You want me to tell you why? I don't think they ever had any intention of putting that out there because they felt it would not hold up in court and they would be sued out the wazoo as they already have already many, many places by many people, including a bunch of state's attorney generals. But they knew that if they threatened the American people, a bunch more would go and they'd say, I'm going to go ahead and get vaccinated. And that's, that's what happened. Isn't that interesting? And now what have they done? I'm all in for mandatory vaccines. Everybody's got to get them. Now, these are the contractors. What's going to happen regarding our military members? You can bet before the week's out, the Pentagon's going to soften their stance the same way. And then look at the really, really tough ones, our healthcare workers and our first responders, police and fire officers. It's going to be a big circle. That's all it's going to be. We're going to come back to right where we were, you know, to that freedom and justice for all, that my body, my choice thing that they scream and holler when it only has to do with abortion. Nobody ever mentioned it in the mandatory vaccines except a few conservatives, and it's always from the left. It's always none for me, but mandates for thee. That's what it's all about. Well, Biden, as you know, is overseas, and he's making a fool out of himself and making a fool out of us. Um, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Senator John Kennedy, my guy from right here in Louisiana, he had a very salient conversation with Fox News' Sean Hannity last week, and he made... What segment of the conversation was very intellectual, very telling. I wanted you to hear it yourself when Biden and Sean Hannity are talking about what's happening in the Biden administration. Here's Joe Biden and how he explained things are and what he thinks President Biden should do. If you have a pulse and a marginal desire for a better life, you know that President Biden is in trouble. And therefore, America is in trouble. Me- measured any way you want. The debacle in Afghanistan, which has emboldened Russia and China and Iran, uh, the unbridled inflation, gas prices, open borders, crime, a Justice Department that thinks parents are dangerous domestic terrorists, a Treasury Department that wants access to the checking account of every American who has a job. No, no wonder the American people are so angry. There, it's no wonder that so many Americans um, think that this administration doesn't care about them or their lives or their future. Now, I say this with respect, with all the respect I can muster, but my advice to the president is this. Mr. President, you've just got to try harder not to suck. 
Did you get that point? Did you get that advice from Senator Kennedy (laughs) for President Biden? Yeah. The president needs to heed that warning. I think most Americans feel that way. I feel that way. So what's happening regarding the other piece of this COVID-19 stuff, those mandates that are impacting our cops, our police forces? Police officers have been hit hard by the requirements. And their exodus, which is underway by the the way, folks, I mean tens of thousands, are bailing out rather than be vaccinated. This mass exodus is going to leave many cities understaffed, even on the hills of what we know over the last few years has been a tremendous, ever-growing spike in violent crime. New York City alone, officers passed the mayor's deadline for vax on Friday. The city announced there are 26,000 unvaccinated municipal workers, including 17% of police officers. And remember, there are hundreds and hundreds of police officers that were already laid off. One whole department of the police force was just immediately dismissed, not over COVID, but de Blasio paring things down when he took office. Those who refuse to comply with the vaccine mandate will be placed on unpaid leave starting today. I think it's later on this afternoon. But New York City is far from the only local government to take that route. Several municipalities, most of them the big cities, the ones that are having the worst crime problems, They've instituted vax mandates for police officers only to see a significant drop-off in staffing. What are the most obvious cities? Do I need to even name them? Chicago, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Seattle. Their police departments are all grappling over this issue as well. In some areas like Denver, data suggests that many officers who fought the mandate were in the end unwilling to even resign over it. However, in other areas, police departments have lost many of their officers because of the mandate. In fact, over the weekend, L.A. County, Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, he grabbed headlines after announcing he would not enforce the vaccine mandate on his staff, putting the local leaders there in a really tough spot last week He called the mandate an imminent threat to public safety. Go figure. There's a politician in law enforcement in California that has a brain and is willing to accept and promote the truth about this whole mess. He said this, the board's vaccination mandate is causing a mass exodus within the department which is an absolutely absurd result, the sheriff said. I've repeatedly stated the dangers to public safety when 20 to 30% of my workforce is no longer available to provide service and those dangers are quickly becoming a reality. We're expecting an increase in unscheduled retirements, worker compensation claims, employees quitting and a reduction in qualified applicants. As a result, homicide rates will continue to go up. Response times are going to continue to go up. Solve rates will go down, arrest will decline, patrol services will significantly decline, and patrol stations will close. In Massachusetts, the other side of the country, the State Police Association lost a legal battle in September when they challenged the state's vaccine mandate 
forcing many law enforcement officers out of their jobs. The state police are already critically short-staffed and acknowledge this by the unprecedented moves which took troopers from specialty units that investigate homicides, terrorism, computer crimes, arsons, gangs, narcotics, and even human trafficking, and return them to uniform patrol. In Seattle, the police department there lost a few officers, has many more waiting to see if they can receive an exemption. As of midnight last night, all but six Seattle Police Department employees have submitted their COVID-19 vax forms or are involved in an accommodation process per city mandate. For those six employees, the separation process has begun. Meanwhile, 103 sworn and civilian Seattle Police Department employees submitted requests for either a medical or religious exemption. While away from work, those employees will be using their own accrued time balances. The decision on when and whether they will be allowed to return to work will be determined in the coming weeks. Many of the officers that are leaving these departments, they plan to head to more flexible employers. To date, dozens of troopers have already submitted resignation paperwork, some of whom plan to return to other parts of the the, uh, force offering reasonable alternatives such as mask wearing and regular testing. And then there's Florida. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. What's he done? He's capitalized on all of this. He's publicly called on ousted officers from around the country. Y'all come to Florida. NYPD, Minneapolis, Seattle, if you're not being treated well there, he said, we'll treat you better here. You fill important needs for us and we'll compensate you as a result. Mandates combined with growing friction between cops and local governments over defund the police movements and even more anti Police sentiments already had officers on edge. Now, many police groups have pushed back against the mandates, but have failed to sway several of the nation's largest cities. The mandate first, last, and only approach for law enforcement belies the public trust imbued on officers to make difficult, sometimes life and death decisions every day. That was Jason Johnson speaking. He's president of the Law Enforcement Legal Defense Fund. They are asked to quickly assess complex situations, apply their discretion, act decisively and fairly to uphold the law and protect the public. The men and women who put their lives on the line for others and take on this immense responsibility are now being told their leaders have no faith in their judgment. Meanwhile, the nation saw a foreseeable and realistic spike in violent crime last year. That's according to the FBI. Homicides are up 30% in 2020. Aggravated assaults increased by more than 12%. And that marked the first time in four years violent crime rose from the previous year. There were roughly 21,500 reported murders in 2020, the highest figure in decades. In 2020, there were an estimated Listen to this. 1,277,696 violent crimes. That's according to the FBI. When compared with the estimates from 2019, the number of robbery offenses actually fell 9.3%, and the estimated volume of rape 
offenses decreased 12%. The estimated number of aggravated assault offenses rose 12.1%, and the volume of murder and non-negligent manslaughter offenses rose 30%. Last weekend, just throwing this out there, Chicago saw a 220% increase in downtown shootings, raising more concerns about the need for police. This Chicago thing, this Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she thinks the best way to solve this serious problem of increased downtown shootings is by stripping and removing cops from the street. That's her answer. I, there's no way I can justify it. There's no way I can reconcile this thinking by any leader in this nation. Folks, with the divisiveness that has purposely been perpetrated sowed around the nation by Democrats, the far left, and Democrats in this administration, starting at the top, President Biden, with all of the negativism out there, with all of the uncertainty, all of the fear that's been sowed purposely by most of these leaders. It keeps the nation on edge, and it means emotions are at epic highs. People don't know where to turn. People don't know who to believe, who not to believe. They don't know who to trust. And in their lifetimes, the people that we were always comfortable with that had our backs on everything, who were those people? They were our elected leaders. These were the people that came to us and asked us to not only vote for them, but give them a dollar for their campaign to help them get elected in whatever role they were were entering at the local, at the state, or even the federal level. We trusted those people. Trust in those people now. Folks in Congress... Approval ratings by the nation are in the low teens. We actually see in some places where approval ratings are below 10%. Why is that? Because the consensus of what Americans believe is that these people, if they ever cared for us, they don't care for us now. Hey, that's a wrap on Monday. Tomorrow, Election Day in Virginia. We, of course, will be right back. Microphone failure, I'm sorry. We'll be right back here tomorrow with more of all of the important things. Later in the week, we're going to have a guest, a special guest with us. We'll tell you more about that as the week progresses. But you make sure you're here. We want to share every part of our days with you because you're important. You're the reason we do this. This microphone keeps blipping on me. I'm sorry about that, but you're the reason we do this. We don't take you for granted, and all this we do for you. Thanks for being a part of the family at TNN Live, Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org. See you tomorrow. Nobody ever loved me. You love us like. And she loves me a lot And ain't no other man is gonna take my spot and die I'm so happy you're mine Cause I'ma love you a long time Let me love you a long time Let me love, let me love you a long time Let me love, let me love you a long time Let me love, let me love you a long time
I'ma love you a long time. I'ma love you a long 